to what is this the fifth episode now the fifth episode of onion skins yay hold for applause yay yeah we really enjoyed making this podcast so far and we delight in bringing you new and exciting guests in the world of animation people who uh work there love it as much as we do and we have a very really really special guest today uh mr caleb feetsum yay um, I don't know why I'm applauding so much, but um, he's a voice actor extraordinaire, multi-talented. This is in my notes that Caleb sent. He really wanted us to make sure that he, everybody knew how talented he was. Uh, but he has probably like the longest list of any sort of credits in CalArts animated films that I've ever seen. But it's super common to see him in, in our films. Such titles such as uh, Mr. Carefree Butterfly. Everything is fine, Barry, and uh, my personal favorite uh, is is your performance as the Rat Mare in <laughs> Matt Herring's film, Paper Trail. I thought that was really great. Uh, this is sort of another new announcement, but we have a new crew member, Anya. Anya is uh, has been working on our podcast since episode three. Um, she co-edits and, uh, and works as a coordinator and, and produces alongside of Will. So welcome, Anya. But yes, yes, new guest, Caleb, who does a lot of voice acting and, uh, and actual live action and film. Is that right? Like, that's the kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think I just wanted to start off by, I guess, talking about, um, about your journey from, uh, from when you first thought you wanted to become an actor to going to school to uh, sort of where you are now, if you wouldn't mind yeah. taking us on that journey. Absolutely. I... Um... I think it was like around seventh grade when I got interested in performance. I was actually really, when I was really young, I wanted to uh, make video games. That was like my passion. And then I saw, what was it? I saw Ace of Ventura uh, with Jim Carrey. And there was something about that performance. I was like, I, I want to do that. And then that was kind of like, then I was just starting to audition for school shows. And I did theater all throughout high school I did like a lot of musicals that kind of stuff I got to do some like straight plays no music as well but I did that most of my kind of like teenage years I say that like I'm really old and then around senior year I was working with an acting studio outside of high school and my teacher my acting coach she had gone to CalArts for dance like way back in the day so she was the one that pointed me towards it. I was really dead set on going to NYU. And then I did a summer program there. And then I was I was kind of like, all right, that's all I needed. <laughs> like, I was like, that's that's good enough. I don't need to do this anymore. So I was really interested in CalArts. And then I went out to, to California. I'm from Chicago, outside of Chicago originally. And then when I traveled to California to visit schools, I took a tour of CalArts. And I just kind of fell in love. Like, this is it. I have to go here. And I, I didn't audition for very many schools. CalArts was the only one I really cared about. And it was the first one I heard back from. So I was like, I'm going. Like, I don't need to hear back from any anything else. Well, what was it, I guess, specifically about CalArts that really drew you to that specific venue? The tour was the nail, like the final nail in the coffin. Because it, it was, a, it, we saw like the mod theater like so that that by itself because i was just very acting minded was the fact that you could the stage could turn into anything like it was so there were just so many possibilities of like what could be done this can be whatever you want it to be which is why i like animation a lot because it's it's there's so much room for 
creating a different world. And I was lucky, like being able to be in a couple shows in the mod modular theater and in like bigger spaces. It was amazing to see kind of like how they would transform the space into these like crazy, crazy uh, different environments. My sophomore year was in the modular theater and it was just this like dirt. There's like a it was like a stage, a mat stage and then just dirt underneath it. And we had to sing. That was one thing I was like, oh, I'm not going to have to do musicals anymore. And then I get to CalArts and every almost every show I was in required singing. And I was like this. They were like, we're, we're not a musical theater program. And I'm like, then why are we doing so much music? But I like to sing, so I don't I don't mind. Yeah, I caught I caught some of your uh, some of your singing on your Instagram. I have to do a little bit of preemptive stalking. You have a very good <laughs> voice. You're a very good singer. I appreciate so. it. Well, that was actually <laughs> on the Facebook page for like accepted students for my year. Anatola posted about their game on Steam Maggie's apartment. And that was kind of the first project I got to work on. And I was the voice of Randy Rosebud. So I got to do a lot of singing. I sang a lot of the songs that, that they wrote. That was really, really cool. I was like looking back at that. I was like trying to remind myself what I did for this podcast. I was like, what have I done? Did you come into CalArts with like the idea that you wanted to do voice acting? I mean, because you have such a prolific list of things that you were in uh, as far as student films for the character animation department goes that it's hard to kind of ignore that. But is that something you mm -hmm. kind of came in knowing you wanted to do or is it something you sort of developed along the way? It was something that was developed. It was, I think I had heard about it. Like I had a teacher, one of our voice teachers like brought that up when I was on Accept Students Day. Like they talked about it. Like they were like, yeah, you can, like there are posters and you can audition for animations and stuff as well. And I think I didn't, it wasn't like a priority for me. I don't think I auditioned for anything really freshman year. And then sophomore year, I had more time. I found myself like auditioning more. Junior and senior year were like BFA three, BFA four. That was when I was like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm doing this. The acting program and like the shows that we would do, it was a little bit of a weird system. So I think for me, I found a lot of comfort in the work and I kind of like found shelter in the animation school because I was like, I think I just like this more because I've always loved animation. I always have. I've always loved drawing. I never really trained in it. I don't want to like make it sound like I know, I know the other side of it, the non-acting side. I was so grateful to be able to kind of like be a part of it, be a part of something I loved in the way that I could. So you mentioned that you do drawing, and I think that's really cool. I think it's like super important for artists of all sorts of disciplines to have another discipline for their creativity. I guess, was that sort of a natural outpouring of you having been a part of animation? Or is it something that you felt like you wanted to develop because you were working on so many animated films? I think it was something that like existed within me since I was a kid, because I would always just doodle on my homework and stuff like that. And then I think the more and more I got involved in the animation program and like working with people, the more I was able to kind of like pick things up and kind of learn by osmosis. <laughs> I, I just got to learn a lot. Like I, Maya Burnett was really kind to me and like letting me come to some talks. Like I saw the Alex Hirsch talk. I felt very like lucky to be able to kind of like sit in on classes. I took Flash with, with Maya, which was really fun. I feel like she like allowed me to like enter this this school when I was like I was just like I'm an actor I just want to get out of the acting program I feel like I learned a lot just from being around it it was really fun to voice act on so many things but it was really fun too to kind of just work with my 
friends like i i worked with kai and mike sobieski i wasn't in their films but i i worked with them on the script and like physicality and line readings and stuff to try and capture emotions and and have that translate over to other characters and other actors or kind of help flush out ideas like that for me I, I wasn't educated in it but i i feel like just from being around it and kind of absorbing content so much content i i am able to see like i have an eye for it i wouldn't it's not professional in the least bit the things i've picked up from like working with different people i find that i've definitely gotten better purely just by being around the insanely talented people at cal arts i feel like i've uh I, i've always hoped that by being around actors like my background is in is in live action film and by being i was hoping that by being surrounded by actors i would gain some acting chops but that's i feel like when you're acting there's like you kind of have to flail around publicly for a little bit like you kind of have to fail a, a lot in front of people and whereas i feel like with a lot of times with art you can kind of just fail privately so yeah, yeah, that's something I've always felt uh, kind of envious of. Is like I, I just can't get over the putting my whole heart out there. Um, <laughs> so I've always admired the actors just for that. But yeah, I think I I wanted to talk a little bit about process. I think that we you know we have a actor, one voice actor who comes into the character animation department. I'm not going to say his name because uh, he might come after us uh, legally. He he seems a little vindictive. Oh. But uh, uh <laughs> you might know who I'm talking about, but I'm not going to I'm not a here student to... or a person. It's a it's a it's like a professional guy. Oh, okay. But um he comes into our class and uh gives us one one lesson in uh directing actors and the process of what an actor has to sort of go through in order to exude the role that they're portraying. Um, and there's not a lot of room for good questions uh, or mm. a lot of us are just too scared to, <laughs> to ask him questions. So, yeah, I think I was just going to sort of take this opportunity to kind of relish in that and kind of ask you some questions that probably maybe seem dumb. But for, for me and a lot of other animators and filmmakers, it's kind of uh, it's good information to know um, as a lot of animators aren't particularly gifted directors, which I talked about last episode. With that being said, I kind of wanted to start off with like, what is the initial process from you getting a script to turning that into into a voice character, a character that uh, that lives and breathes? I feel like I think I've heard about this person. Um, <laughs> I I don't I'd never heard a name, but I think that it's so different for at least my process. Like everybody that I work with is so different in their mm -hmm. process that. Like for me, my personal belief is like the actor should adapt to the project. And I don't think that I don't think there's one way to deal with an actor. I think that's a kind of like egocentric actor, which is very stereotypical of actors way of thinking about it. Like, oh, you have to talk to the to the actor trademark this way, like with Carefree Butterfly, for example, I was I almost didn't even audition for Carefree Butterfly. Because I remember looking at the poster and kind of like thinking I didn't really fit for it. And then my friend who was friends with Yonatan emailed a bunch of actors and was like, hey, um, we need people to audition. And you were people that I thought of. So then I, I, I reached out from there and Yonatan had me not read anything off of a script, but like tell him a story mm -hmm. from like my. And I think I told him about I just wrote a paper about St. Patrick's Day and I just told him about that, all the information that I'd learned about St. Patrick's Day. 
And then the process was a lot of improvising and a lot of me and Ryan Masson, who was the other actor, just kind of in Jonathan's apartment, going through a gist of the scene that Jonathan had told us and kind of making it up. I'm always really caught by the art. Like if I see a poster and I really like the style, I'm like, yeah, I want to audition for that. And then I send the email and I'm just like, here's a sample of my voice. Like, this is kind of what I sound like, but I am happy to do, you know, whatever to help the decision. Then like, if I get a script back, it's kind of just like, I just kind of say the words. I see how they feel. I, I try to find like a nice way, a way that feels like it's genuinely me. I don't, I never take it personally if I don't get selected. I think I auditioned for yours, Peter. Oh God, this is awkward. The, the... <laughs> The fall, the free fall. It's yeah, great. Yeah, it's yeah, beautiful. Yeah. And I was so, oh, I was jealous because I wanted to be in it because I liked it so much. Because um, I've had people that I've auditioned for and I've like gone to an audition and met with them. And then they say no. And then they like, don't look at me in the hallway. And I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not holding it against you. Like most of an actor's career is being told no. But I think for me, it's just so different. Like everybody is so different. Like I go into the process and Mike Sobieski, Lee Witts, Basin, they want to do the line over and over again so we get it exactly right. Whereas like Jagger and Jonathan and those are the only examples coming to my mind. Like that was a lot of improvising. That's a lot of like, let's go through it. Let's break from the script, kind of just see what we do. And I don't feel like there's a right way and a wrong way. Cause like my, I see my job as like, I want to help make this vision, your vision as yeah. accurate to what is in your mind as possible. So I see it as my duty to adapt to kind of the project. I guess between those two, I mean, is there something that you feel like you personally respond to better? Or I know you said that you can adapt to either, but uh, is, I guess is there one way that feels more organic to you or like feels like this is the, the way that I'm, I feel like I'm able to produce my best work? I really do enjoy improvising, yeah. um, even if it's just an exercise it does not have to be like the final product is completely off script. I think a great way to help people get into character, like if you like, let's say you're working with an actor or a group of actors, allowing people to improvise or, or kind of instructing them to and kind of giving them that space to put the character on in their own way is a great way to kind of help the actor feel more comfortable in the role and feel like the role is more closer to their core. At least that's what... It, I, I'm just, I'm, I also did like, I did a bunch of second city training. Like I did a lot of improv training. So that's kind of my background. Mm. Whereas I know, I know some actors are a lot more like, oh, I'm happy to do a, buy the book. Like I would, I want to do word for word, but I definitely resonate more with, like I do in, in the booth. You can ask anybody that's seen me in the booth. Like I'm very like weird. I'm making like weird <laughs> gestures that I would not make on a live camera shoot just to, just to kind of like fit the character and get that emotion my whole body kind of just goes into the voice to try and get that performance to be as good as I can. So I, I love improvising in characters. I love filling in kind of the the space outside the lines to make this kind of yeah. like a fully fleshed out little character. I think it's so interesting that like when you talk about, you know, uh, balance, I guess, between imparting, I guess, your own vision and like what the director wants and it feels like a lot of times like people seek you out for your ability to, to seem very genuine and, and the kind of energy that you bring in, in your life normally, I guess, to to a production. So do you think that it's sort of valuable for you as an actor or for people as actors to sort of have their 
and independent voices outside of a project, I guess, because I know that like it's a highly debated topic, even for, for animators. Like, how do you how do you brand yourself? You know, how mm -hmm. do you, uh, is it important to be adaptable or to be individualistic? And I imagine that's something that probably every sort of artistic discipline has to, to wrestle with at some point. In terms of like being adaptable versus being individualistic, it's like every role, like we did Hamlet and, you know, whoever does Hamlet, it's the same role. But even if two people did it, like made the exact same choices, it would still be different just because they are different people. If you're picking an actor, like you're getting them. I, I had a few times like Jagger reached out to me for the Tony mix. Like he wanted my voice. Like with Yonatan's, like I didn't put any, like that was the, <laughs> thank Yonatan was the reason I, I got a lot of work. I can point to that and be like, yeah, that was me. And people were like, all right, cool. You, you know what you're doing. And that's just because Yonatan made me, provided that space for me to shine. But like, that was me. Like he filmed us talking in that, in his apartment. And, and some of the gestures that the character do, like those are gestures that I did. It's a little bit of both. If you have to find this kind of balance of like, I, you are just an individual. It's that's hard to accept. That's really hard. It's still it's really hard for me to accept that I'm especially like trying to be an actor. Like they have so many white guys. Like we I'm I we are not a rare commodity. So like I'm trying to be an actor and there's a billion other people that look exactly like me. So you, I have to kind of just hold on to my <laughs> the little individuality that I feel like I have you have to like adapt to the script you have to adapt to how the director sees it um and trying to cat like trying to capture their vision while also kind of just like just doing the performance that you can do that's one of the things that like <laughs> a lot of the times when i was first auditioning i was doing i was kind of putting on voices like i was kind of doing like more cartoony voices and i don't remember oh no no it was dan daniel he did evolve me um and i auditioned for his film and i i did like i kind of put on a voice and he was like just do your normal voice and i was like oh i can do that like i can just do my normal voice i don't have to make up for what i think i lack by just kind of being me everyone's <laughs> i was always really worried that people were gonna get really sick of my voice because i i felt like i sounded the same in a lot of different projects and that's just my own self-consciousness but but i i i was really worried about that i was like do I sound the same in Carefree Butterfly as like, do I sound the same in another one? Do I sound the same in another one? Like, despite not changing my voice too much, the, the rat was, I was so happy. I was so happy. I was like, <laughs> please let me do a Boston accent. I was like, please let me do a Boston accent. And he was so, he was so nice. He, he, um, Matt was, was very kind. I was, I didn't know if he was humoring me or if he actually wanted it or, cause I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. I think my the biggest thing I, I know I'm rambling a lot, but the biggest thing that I was able to take away from that was like, like I'm bringing myself to this. Yeah. I'm adapting emotionally, uh, bring a genuineness to the character. But part of that genuineness is that your indiv my individuality is, is just present in, in the fact that I am an individual. I just felt really relaxed in the booth. Like, because mm. it's, it's either you just you or it's like you and two other people and it doesn't matter what you look like which acting is a very looks heavy profession which 
it's just it's very stressful like you like you you get self-conscious about like not being the most muscular or not you know you have to be like this or this or you have to look a certain way not to mention all the issues with a lack of diversity in 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 television and that kind of stuff like that's it's just a whole like the acting profession is just it's i i don't i love it but i i i don't know how i ended up in this because it's like it's stressful man it's stressful so i always loved voice acting because it was like i didn't have to worry about what it looked like i'd never had to stress about that all i all i had to do was focus on bringing an entirely separate character to life and then it's like it's it's like i feel like i'm the parent like me and the animator are parents like we made this little child that exists on its own like it's separate from me but i can i can i can feel an attachment to it but i'm not like oh that's me it's like i helped create this entirely separate being i don't know like it's i just kind of do i do my thing and i try to i try to i do it until the person on the other side of the booth is happy with it and then they work their magic i can't i can't imagine listening to myself the way that they have listened to me like like animating to my voice like it would drive it would drive me crazy to hear myself (laughs) like that it's i mean i think you touched on something with like getting into the booth and like the sort of comfortability that you have with that it's not something that comes naturally to me or a lot of animators though i i think that they make us take an acting for animators class for a reason um i think it's pretty vitally important for us as animators to to have that sort of base of knowledge to draw on not only for how you animate a character but like the uh how to guide your actors into into getting that kind of performance um i this year i actually i did uh like five different sessions with my friends in the booth uh because it was just all my friends were i guess too lazy to put up a casting call but that was really cool. I'm sure none of it's going to get made because of the pandemic. But uh, I, I learned. I felt like I learned a lot through that experience, and I think it's really important uh, for for a lot of different people to in the production t- uh, pipeline to have that sort of experience. I think this is a good time to take a break and hear from our sponsor. Um, <laughs> wow, look at that natural natural progression, <laughs> natural transition. Wow, look at me. Yeah, we're sponsored now, guys. We are sponsored by Anchor. Uh, Anchor, if you haven't heard about it, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Um, let me explain. First of all, it's free. doesn't get any cheaper than that. Um, and there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Uh, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. Um, that's actually how you're listening to our podcast on Spotify, if you are. Anchor has been so gracious as to allow us to be on Spotify. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Uh, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Uh, if you're considering making a podcast, please download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that is anchor.fm. Thank you, Anchor. Uh, how was that? How was my? How, was, how were my acting chops there? I did. I dug it. Oh, okay, cool. I definitely... Uh, I definitely I would I would download Anchor. Awesome. I think it's hard when you're reading an ad to like not not lean on like the way everybody reads ads and podcasts. Like everybody has like a very similar cadence, and uh, I kind of hate myself whenever I hear hear it back. Um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do. It's it's funny. So. Like I yeah, I hear like uh, I've been listening to like uh, Conan O'Brien's podcast, and it's the same yeah. thing. Again, he's like a 
TV personality that's been doing it for years. And it's like, you can't escape that. Yeah. That like advertisement cadence. Um, this is sort of like, a, I guess a tangential question, but like, and, and not very, uh, <laughs> it's not very complicated of a question, but do you still get freaked out when you're performing? I, I mean, outside of the booth, I guess, like, is it still something that, that shakes you a little bit? Yeah. I don't know if I'll ever, I don't know if I'll ever not be freaked out. Even like as, as comfortable as I am in the booth, like I do, like, I just care a lot like I just care a lot about performing well and sometimes that can get in the way and even when you're like relaxed quote unquote you're still like it's still this kind of like little I just have this like underlying you know generator hum of anxiety Mm -hmm. that I feel like kind of fuels fuels at least in live performances the live performances that I feel like I've done performed the best, I, I barely remember because mm. when you are in a, like that, at least with live performance, like on a high stakes, like the stakes just get so high and you kind of get into this like dual mode of thinking. Like you're just thinking as the character, you're also thinking of like, I need to stand here or like, I need to know what my line is, but I also need it to be, genuine and new in the moment like you kind of enter this like weird space where (laughs) where you're kind of just like driving the car but i i don't know i just like i audition like i send out self-tapes and stuff and and i'm always like please oh jesus christ like i want to do it over and over again i want to like fix it nitpick it like i i i don't think there'll ever be like a moment where I'm like, yeah, I guess uh, I got this. Yeah, oh, I got it in the bag. In the booth, sometimes like I felt, I I definitely like tried try to incorporate that because I also like want to other like it. The hard thing about like acting for so long, and I I really like in high school, like it would be I would go to school and, and I'd after school like I'd go to a rehearsal for a show and then after that rehearsal I'd go to another rehearsal for a different thing and I think that for a long time like just doing that so much it's it's hard not to feel like everything is a performance so when you're kind of doing that it you just you just think about the audience a lot um which is not a I don't recommend that doing that in your daily life because you just start to care about what other people think way too much um Mm -hmm. I still do like I, which is it's it's more of a hindrance than a help. But on stage, it's it's su- like all of my anxiety that causes me so much torture in my daily life on stage is extremely helpful. Like I'm able to, I feel like weaponize it as a as a tool to kind of like fuel the emotions of my character. And I think that's why a lot <laughs> of the characters I got picked for, a lot of like in, like it's. Uh, it's a lot of this. It's a lot of like, I, 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 like a lot of stammering, <laughs> a lot of like high, high energy stuff. Cause that does come very naturally to me. And yeah, but yeah, I definitely, yeah, no, I definitely still get nervous. Short answer. I gave you yeah. like a super long answer, but the short <laughs> answer is yes, I do get nervous. No, that was super helpful. Um, yeah. So you, I guess you, t- you talked about like being high energy and how that comes really naturally for you. Has there ever been like a time where somebody's giving you some, I mean, obviously you've had to do like some more somber moments 
in even like in Mr. Carefree Butterfly, there were some more somber moments in there that weren't high energy. As some, I, I guess as, as that it doesn't come as naturally to you, but like, how do you, I guess, transition or put yourself in a place or what sort of direction gets you to, to being in that place where you can give that performance? Yeah, I, I mean, with like, everything is fine. Hmm. Like that was challenging for me. And I don't know if, I don't know if Jay knows that, but cause he, he was great. He was an awesome director, but I think sh- shorter lines that are more somber mm-hmm. for some reason, I, I, I always feel like I'm, I'm not doing them well. <laughs> like with, mm. with Yonatan, like it was the core, it was like, because it was so based on what we had created with him. And also it was like this arc of mm. like high energy. Like by the time we got to those lines, I was low energy. Like I physically was low energy just because we were we were going 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 in that in that one and with everything is fine like because it was somber from the get-go and the lines were like like it's like no everything is fine i definitely like i i judge myself in not like i i'm like am i being genuine does that sound genuine and jay's like i love it you're amazing and i'm like am i like am i <laughs> um just because it, it is a little bit of a a harder place for me and i think that just goes back to like my childhood and not being taught how to like express more somber emotions but hmm. yeah i i would i would say like it, it it it's different when it's like oh no uh, the first uh dot oh god play ball jackie files um hmm. her little the dog baseball one like yeah i was like the friend those lines were really short and they were just, they were just very like plain spoken. And I was like, I struggle with that. Cause I'm like, I need to do so much. Like I need to do more. I need to, I need to be entertaining. Whereas like, it's okay. Like it's okay to be chill and to just like, say it, like, just say the line, just like, let it come out. Don't push it. Don't, don't like force it. Don't try to sound somber, like really try and, get into that mindset um really try to kind of get that it's 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 (laughs) it's definitely interesting because like some i've I've definitely worried people before because like sometimes to to get into that place like i'll put myself in a really really bad place like i'll kind of like force myself to go to this really dark emotional place and then i'll kind of come back out of it halfway to kind of get to the play the sweet spot of where it needs to be so like for about like a minute i look like i'm really really sad Cause I'm like trying, I'm like thinking of all these really sad things to try and like get myself into that mindset. And then like, I'm like, okay, it's not, it's not that, it's not that sad. Like you don't want to overdo it. It's this, hmm. the uh, acting to is just finding this like middle, it's like this middle ground that's always moving. So I feel yeah. like I'm always trying to like grab onto it for as long as I can. It, I think you talked about something interesting that I, I hadn't really even considered. Uh, I don't know why, I guess I never made this connection but i guess like sort of how your experience in life or your formative years uh, as what you sort of learned from your parents or those around you about how to express yourself and i guess how that impacts you as an actor because i mean i'm 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 not a very good liar i i don't know how to how to just be chill like i don't i don't know how to like i don't know it, it access some emotion that i'm not had the uh, ability to sort of flex and and i guess you sort of talked about like 
sadness or being like that somber aspect of you like I, I it's not something that was ever tolerated in my house like the outwardly expressing your sadness mm. uh, is that something that I think that affects you uh, or actors at large I guess like just sort of those formative years and how you learn to engage with your emotions in that way yeah I think like I, there's the there's this rom romanticization if that is a word of transformative acting like mm -hmm. method acting method quote unquote which is like the christian bale getting super fucking skinny or walk what, what's the most recent more recent example walking phoenix for joker yes physically like there's a mindset that like physically putting yourself in a state is all you need but i really think that you, being introspection and kind of un trying to understand yourself better is a really really good way to develop acting skills and i think that at least for me acting was always the acting was the outlet acting was the chance i got to because i was always like i was a very emotional person but when i was younger i, I didn't know how to express it so i was very like my parent my parents were, were very supportive and loving but i just never learned how to talk about how what i was feeling it was more of just like i need to give you this feeling as well so you understand it i don't know how to explain it so i think definitely the more i the more i kind of looked inward which i still am it's not like a process that really ever stops i don't think but definitely like as i like i felt like as i in in all the stuff that I was doing at, at CalArts, like I felt like the more and more I was kind of just me, like bringing myself to it, like the less and less I was trying to be a different character, the the more I was growing as an actor. And I, 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 I what's the word I'm thinking of? Like I give credit to some of the teachers that I had, like uh, Daniel Passer who taught us Shakespeare because we only, we did Shakespeare all throughout second year where I got like, it, you know, Shakespeare is very specific, but he was a, he, our teacher was, he was a, the lead clown at Cirque du Soleil hmm. for a really long time. He did a lot of like Commedia dell'arte. So his take was, was very different. And I kind of got to break, like go into something that has such a strong form and kind of mess with it and kind of like find a way to stretch my limbs within a relatively restricted art form. So I feel like uh, a lot of act, like a lot of older actors like that are more professionally working that I've spoken to, a common piece of advice that I hear is like go and have experiences, yeah. go and like live your life, because that will make you a stronger actor. Like I I've been very lucky to to have traveled a lot and to have to have had a lot of different experiences, and I think that see, like for me seeing other people and seeing watching television and seeing other actors do stuff and watching reality tv and seeing people be real quote unquote it, like witnessing other people deal with emotions was kind of how i was able to then channel it rather than from my own personal experience but now i, I feel a bit more like it's it's coming from me a, a little bit more i still learn a lot from watching watching a bunch of stuff but that's just more that's just more i just like to intake information i like to just i eat content like nobody's business yeah like i'm always watching netflix i'm always watching something i'm always listening to something because it's the more information you have the more you can draw on and i think that that 
I think that applies to any art form. Like I, I, I love playing music. I love drawing. I love doing a bunch of different stuff. I think that's like super important. Like it's we, we talk about that. I think in a couple of parts of different episodes of this podcast, and we and I just talk about it in my daily life. How like I, you know, I applied to CalArts three times, and I, I didn't get in until my third time. And I, at, at that point, I skipped a year of applying, and I just finished out my degree, and I, I just spent some time like investing in like interests outside of uh, outside of drawing. It really enriched, I think, my ability to write, and it's only grown since I've been going to school here. Um, just because I have like a, an invested interest in, in you know other things like finding bones, <laughs> it's, it's like stupid stuff, like or like yeah. I don't know the art of uh, of restoring a knife or like camping or literally travel or anything. I it just I feel like that definitely like what you said, like it it definitely enriches the quality of of whatever art that you're pouring yourself into ultimately. I think that's really important. Um, another thing that we, I guess, talk about a lot on this, uh, on this podcast is, uh, is like limitations, like what you were, what you were talking about before and how working within those ultimately, I guess, expands what you're able to do with, a, with, in your case, a performance. I know that like, there are some people in in that that I know who who record or, or direct for or for live action or for for animation that uh they kind of just like turn it loose to the actors sometimes or they won't really know exactly what they're looking for so they'll just have them do it a bunch of times and I think I I, I don't know from experience necessarily but I I can imagine that like working under that would be kind of stressful because you don't have those those limitations or those boundaries. I mean, is there any sort of experience that you have with like, I guess, self-imposed limitations or limitations from a, from a project that I guess feel beneficial ultimately to you? Yeah. I resonate with what you're saying. Like one, a big challenge that some actors run into is, is if there isn't really specific direction, like a lack thereof. Now, of course, like really, really, really specific direction can also be a hindrance, but even that there's, I'd, I'd say like my advice to anybody trying to talk to an actor is like be as specific as you can like be ridiculously specific and then like go out from there then like loosen up from there I think a lot of people are very kind and, and are like yeah you you do it you do it but I definitely think like being like yeah I I want it to be like this or like I want it to sound like this like I some people don't like to have lines read to them like if the director reads a line a certain way and, and wants them to say it this way. I like that. Hmm. I, I, I like to hear that. I like to hear the voice that you hear in your head, which is another example of just like actors being different. I I definitely like it, you do have to kind of create that yourself. I think I because I come from an improv background, like I'm able to kind of regurgitate stuff like if if there's nothing there. But I I don't think I've ever really actually run into that the only time i've run into that are like live action directors i don't run into that with animation as much because i think it is a specific art form even when it's not like to me everything in animation seems so specific and thought out that i i think that's why i like it is because i I like the structure that I, i i get to witness I'm trying to learn how to do it on my own, which is proving to be very, very challenging. So it's only increasing my admiration for the work that, that you guys do. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely like having those limitations. I like breaking the... I like having rules that I am allowed to break. Personally, I think that's really fun. I imagine that, like, with live action film, like, one of the big differences, and I guess I, I'd like to, to sort of, I guess, explore that a little bit with me, but the idea that you don't have to um, worry about marks or blocking or staging or the camera in animation that you're able to just focus on how you are projecting or like uh, internalizing a character and how that, how that comes out of you. Yeah. I mean, is that something that you found to be, I guess, I don't know. I mean, is it, is, is that something that you don't like about a live action film or is it, is it something that, I don't know, it particularly draws you to animation, I guess is more of the question. It's like live theater like live theater is like your entire body is alive like you are mm -hmm. in it like you don't even you're barely even thinking just because you have so much stuff to think about mm -hmm. um that you kind of enter this like that state that i was talking about with with on camera like live acting i prefer it i prefer can on camera stuff to theater hmm. because i love you get that kind of same aliveness, but it's so you get to be so subtle with it that it's it's that's a really fun challenge to me is to try is to like like the very like little movements like an eye twitch here or a a short breath there like it's very small but on camera it's it can be used so well to show emotion without forcing it and then. But you still have that kind of like full, like electric sensation, like where you're all like you're thinking of like how to fit in the camera, like you want to make sure you don't go out of frame and mm. you need to make sure you don't hit the boom <laughs> and you need, right. you need to remember how you did it the last take so you don't mess up the continuity. I mean, but like the thing that I love about voice acting is the fact that I get to use all of that and just like funnel it into the voice like I get to use every tool that i have and it all focuses on the voice because yeah. that's because it feels like i have a lot more confidence in that because it's like one thing that i am trying to control versus like the actor over there who's like needs to throw something at me and i need to dodge and roll and go off stage and say my line and hmm. whereas like this i i can in the booth i'm saying a line over and over again and i can like get you, you don't you have it's it's not as it's just it's just so fun like it's so fun to yeah. to just be in there and I, I remember like me and daniel straussman and big lou johnson for jagger's film like it's the three of us just yelling at each other just yelling at each other not do like we're just standing behind mics and we're just like improvising the entire script and just and there's just no fear of failure in the same way there is for a theater performance on because hmm. like there have been i've messing up on stage is one of the most terrifying experiences of my life oh my god but it, the show always goes on as um corny as that is like it really does but it's so high stress <laughs> it gives like it activates my fight or flight response so it, when i'm in the booth i feel like safe i feel like loved and uh, <laughs> confident and um uh and like it's just a safe place like i love i i went back uh to do jagger's film this year 
where I play him, which is I've never had someone ask me to play them self. So I was nervous about that. I was like, Jagger, I hope you I hope you like this. Uh, <laughs> he's he's always been so nice to me. And like I went back into the booth and I wasn't excited about being back on campus. I was like, I want to be, you know, done with school. But I was excited to be back in the booth. Like, I love mm. that because my first time there wasn't even for animation it was for i went to the fringe festival my freshman year with dead awaken which was a, a show uh that was like a musical concert it was like a uh erica badu-esque like <laughs> r&b um i don't know why i got cast in it I, i'm so lucky it was like me and a bunch of mfas in scotland performing this every day but we recorded in there and I was terrified for that. I was terrified for that. But then when I went back in for an, an animated film, it was like, it's just was, it just became this really comfortable space that yeah. I just really enjoyed. And it's so spacious like that. It's just such a nice room. You just get mm. to do so much random stuff. Uh, do you find that it's uh, difficult for you to transition between, I imagine that when you were here and even, you know, still like that, you're probably working on multiple projects that require different things of you, like working for a live action uh, film production versus theater and then having to sort of uh, migrate between them. Uh, is that something that's ever difficult or is there any sort of adjustment there when you, when you're doing those things? I think I, just cause I'm, I'm, my mind is, has like 50 different TV screens on at the same time. I like compulsive multitasker. <laughs> to drown out the thoughts my my own voice in my head it was like no matter what was stressful to me i i had a lot of great teachers i had met a lot of good friends in the theater program it was very stressful just in terms of like performance and like kind of like what's the word like administrative kind of bs that was that would kind of mess with the experience of the performance like i always knew that like oh i get to go into the booth this week like i get to i get to have a recording session like that it was always kind of like oh, i get to do this like i really i feel very lucky that i this is going to make my day better looking forward to the open show looking forward to the producer's show that was always something that was was on, like only brought me excitement yeah and i remember being like i'm so excited like you guys i'm so excited for the open show and everyone's like ah oh, like deep in working on their film they're like <laughs> they're like please be quiet and i'm like i'm so happy i'm so excited um like a puppy and i'm sitting at open show like by myself like <laughs> just like i feel like uh i'm just like this big beaming it was just it all it it, it wasn't that hard just because i was always looking forward to it so much yeah i guess uh, i also wanted to know is there is there any sort of other i guess part along the filmmaking pipeline that you think you would ever want to explore or be a part of um like I, I, this is just an example but would you ever think about like directing is that something that's ever thought you ever thought about doing or thought about exploring yeah i mean i feel like i have the it's 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 like i i my mind i'm just like i'm still developing my artistic abilities to kind of like portray the writing and the the vision that I, I i is created in my head and i think working on that on my own and trying to kind of like tell these stories that i'm thinking of like i i take a lot of inspiration from the work that i've seen at cal arts and that i still see at cal arts 
I would love I love to be on the other side of things. I love to be the cameraman. It's it's a it's a weird relationship because I really like to be behind the camera because I love really intentional shots. Like I really like like Parasite was fucking killer. At, at Atlanta, um, like anything hero, what's his name? Hero Mirai. Anything yeah. he does, I'm a big fan of just because it seems, and that's why I like animation so much. It seems so specific. Like things are not necessarily there without purpose and like i love that like i, I want to do that so like anytime i've mm. worked on a project i've always wanted to be behind the camera i also want to be in front of the camera because i really like attend i really like to have all the intention on me um because i am an attention hog <laughs> but i'm also such a control freak that i want the shot to look exactly the way i want it to I, it's like I want I, if I had to have a superpower I would want to be able to clone myself so I could just do everything like I could have the whole set be I could just uh, if that makes yeah. sense like I could I could no. be behind the camera I could be in front of the camera I could write the thing I could direct it I could um, that would be a dream to be able yeah. to just kind of like have myself be able to execute everything and I'm like I can do that it's just a lot harder <laughs> yeah yeah like it's, if, it's if I really put hard. my mind to it I think that's uh, like the most difficult thing to accept and also the most beautiful part about working in film or working in animation is the fact that you have to collaborate with people um, in some extent. I mean, oftentimes, if you're working with the right people, it like ends up being way better than I guess you had initially thought. But in some of that, you lose the, some of the a lot of the initial flavor that you came into to a project with, which is mm -hmm. uh, part of the one of the great paradoxes of film. But uh, we are nearing the end here, and I, for the past few episodes, actually every episode, um, we've asked the person who we have on uh, if there's any sort of uh, thing that they want to to plug, like a, like a movie or video game or food or book, anything that like has gotten you excited recently or just ever, like anything that you like are super stoked about and you think anybody who is listening should, uh, should listen to or, or consume. Oh my gosh! I feel like I've been. <laughs> I'm not plugging this, but I've been watching Gotham, the weird mm -hmm. Batman <laughs> show. It's ridiculous. It's so funny to me. I really liked. Oh, uh, what's it called? Why am I forgetting it? Scissor Seven, on Netflix. It's it's just it's really. I just I love the art style. I think it's really creative. Mm. Um, I think it's really funny. Yeah, I, I guess that would be the one like that. Their season two just came out. It's 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 a fun little watch. It, it, that and then I've just been playing a lot of Animal Crossing. <laughs> a lot of Animal Crossing, a <laughs> lot, lot of Red Dead Redemption too. Um, I love those games. They've always, yeah. I, I never will, I don't think I'll ever stop loving those games because they're basically the same game. Red Dead Redemption 2 is just Animal Crossing, but you have guns. Yeah. Um, that's basic. That's that's what. I, that's basically all I've been doing since quarantine yeah. started. I got Animal Crossing, and then most of my day is spent just like tending to my flowers and <laughs> trying trying to get the kangaroos to leave my island. Uh, they won't. All right. <laughs> <laughs> There's two well, of them. They just will not leave. Well, if uh, if you are one of the. Uh five or ten people out in the world uh, including myself who has not played animal crossing or uh I, I i guess i suggest you do that because everybody seems to be suggesting that i do that it's um, fun it's good it's cute it's real cute it's fun I, it's I, i've been falling asleep the past few nights 
to to watching like silent playthroughs of the game because I don't own a Switch, but I like watching people play it silently. It it seems like a very relaxing game at times and other times very frustrating. But uh... oh yeah, very easy escapism <laughs> in this in this very in these trying times. <laughs> these trying times. God, if I have to hear that again, uh, where can people find you online, Caleb? Um, I am uh my Instagram my like professional instagram is at uh, vo underscore caleb i have a little website that i need to update because it kind of looks ugly um <laughs> but that's calebfeetsum.wixsite.com because i don't want to pay for the not wixsite version of that because um, <laughs> i am a brook but I yeah that's 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 just that's about it i my other instagram is fight club but that's it's more of my like random personal stuff so yeah i would say the vo caleb is the one to, to all right follow. well we'll for sure uh we'll be putting those in the show notes uh go follow him go watch his recommendations go watch gotham um, <laughs> and uh play animal crossing guys um thank you so much for agreeing to be on our show uh, it's been really great to to meet you and to to be able to talk to you for so long so thank you so much thank you thank you for having me yeah um, we will see you guys with a brand spanking new episode next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.